You know, it's always a joy to come back to, I say come back, come to this part of uh, Wood County because uh, there's so many precious memories for me. Um, Actually, I grew up in Woodville, and uh, then when I was going into my freshman year of high school, Dad moved us to Toledo, and you talk about culture shock. <laughs> yes, small town to big town. But uh, my, my, all, my dad and all of his siblings, they all graduated from Woodville Local School, and I was looking forward to that as well, but that, uh, that didn't pan out. But, um, you know, I've served the Lord for almost 50 years, and in that 50 years, uh, I've known Ron and Mary, all of that. And I just want to thank them for this opportunity to come and share with you this morning. They are part of the fond memories. And, you know, God has given you a precious couple. A, a great, gifted, and blessed couple. And I've watched them as a team serve the Lord for almost 50 years. And uh, uh, Ron is probably one of the uh, people that are right up there at the top that I have always admired. His testimony is impeccable. His walk is pure. And uh, you're blessed to have him and Mary. And uh, I know, uh, you know, because of our service to the Lord, now that we are kind of up in our years, um, more seasoned, we have, a, we have opportunity to get together with them more than we did in the past. So we've taken some, some vacations together here in the last five years or so forth, and we're going to the conference in Washington together in September. And uh, just really appreciate and look forward to those times that we can share with them. So be praying for them while they're, they're gone. You know, as I said, I grew up in Woodville, an agricultural community, and, you know, I, today I want to talk to you about green pastures. And it never amazes me how when I'm in God's Word and I'm doing research and I'm putting a Word together, it just seems like God sees things so much different than we do, doesn't He? We think we've got it. And then the Holy Spirit will come along And we'll open our eyes to something, and all we can do is say, wow, wow. You know, I'm still learning John 3.16. I'm still learning what God's love for me is all about. I remember when that became a revelation to me, and I took myself down to the altar, and I gave my life to Christ. And that was the beginning. And let's face it, at that point, we didn't understand a whole lot. But through the years, as God has matured us, you know, he just keeps pouring into us. The Holy Spirit just interprets and rightly divides the word for us. And I'm amazed. I am absolutely amazed. How many sheep farmers do we have here? Any? Okay, one hand. Oh, let me introduce my wife, because she is Mary's sister, and I don't know if they look alike or not, but she's sitting right over there. Wave, honey. Okay, I'm the blessed one. 
And uh, but I just wanted to point her out. Okay, I don't. You know, I'm. I, even though I grew up in an agricultural area, I, I don't know much about farming because I didn't grow up on a farm. I married a farmer's daughter, and so I've gleaned a few things over the years. But when it comes to sheep, what little I do know and that I have observed is that they can be quite interesting. Very interesting. Did you know that the quietest animal on the farm is the sheep? Oh, you didn't know that. Well, now you do, okay? And if you see newspapers scattered out in the pasture, it's because some of them have been reading the Wool Street Journal. Uh, did you know, do you know what sheep sing at birthday parties? This is easy. You should get this. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> Same as us. Now, what did the young lamb want to be when she grew up? A ballerina. But these are old. You guys did? Okay. Well, anyway. (laughs) And why did the lamb call the police? Because he had been fleeced. Okay. That's not not the crux of the message. But that's just to give you a little humor to to let you know that that, uh, God has a sense of humor. You know, I always said God had a sense of humor. He made you, didn't he? (laughs) But here's some fun facts when it comes to sheep. Did you know that the field of vision of sheep is estimated to be between 270 and 320 degrees? Now, we can do about 150, 155, just to kind of put it in perspective. But they can see... 270 to almost behind them, okay? Here's 180, okay? So they can do, you know, 270 to 320 degrees. Kind of like moms. They have eyes in the back of their heads. And some breeds shed naturally. But according to... The head of, now get this, the head of sheep studies at the University of Wisconsin, they actually have a department for sheep studies at the University of Wisconsin. That's amazing. In Madison, the wool of some domesticated breeds will just keep growing for life. A pound of wool can make up to 10 miles of yarn, depending on the breed, okay? A sheep can produce between 2 and 30 pounds of wool a year, and 1 pound can make up to 10 miles of yarn. And sheep that are, I didn't know this one, but sheep that are pregnant, heavily pregnant, overweight, or have a heavy fleece, have a hard time riding themselves 
if they fall onto their backs. I didn't know that. Maybe you did. So, but for the most part, when it comes to sheep, their dependency renders them almost helpless. Their dependency on the shepherd renders them almost helpless. And it's amazing how they follow the shepherd. How, uh, and we'll see in, our, in a video here in just a few minutes a demonstration of, of that and how they follow. You know, the scriptures say, my sheep hear me and they know my voice. And uh, if you haven't seen the video we're going to share with you, I think you'll be blessed. But if sheep are left unattended, they will wander off and expose themselves to many perils. And God's people are referred to as sheep. The sheep of his pasture. Psalm 100 verse 6. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Interesting, isn't it? An interesting comparison that God would call us his sheep. Now, because if we're left unattended, we have a tendency to wander, don't we? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. So, from biblical times right up to the present day, shepherding is a vital occupation. Sheep need the care and the attention that a shepherd gives. See, in our culture, we've built fences to keep all of our animals in tow. And uh, that also... Uh, keeps them from wandering off of the property. But in places like Israel, in places like Israel, there's vast wilderness. And tending sheep takes an alert, diligent, and steadfast shepherd to lead the flock, to keep them safe through treacherous terrain and weather conditions and to ensure there is sufficient grazing, water, and the things that the sheep need. The shepherd is the life of the flock, and the sheep left on their own will wander, and if not retrieved, they will die. Now, isn't that an interesting comparison that God calls us his sheep? Because we, if, we, if any one of us is left unattended, outside of the shepherd's care, we will die. We will die. Now, in the 23rd Psalm, David, who was a former shepherd, he writes... The Lord is my shepherd. Now immediately here, David is acknowledging that he himself has a real need and to be cared for. 
to be watched over. And the Lord is his shepherd. See, the, the Lord of the Old Testament, according to John 1, 1 through 3, is also the Lord of the New Testament. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And verse 3 says that through, all, through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. Now, in these last days, according to Hebrews chapter 1, he has spoken to us by his Son, and he appoint, whom he appointed heirs of all things, and through him also has made the universe. God has spoken to us through his Son. See, the analogy of the Lord as our shepherd and we as his children is reinforced in Scripture over and over and over again. And this amazes me. This absolutely amazes me. Over and over in Scriptures like John chapter 21 and John chapter 10. Listen to what some of the, some of the Scriptures in John chapter 10. It says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. God would lay down his life for you. Amazing. You aren't worth it. I'm not worth it. Oh, yes, we are because God said so. And that makes it so. You know that saying, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. I always say whether you believe it or not, it settles it because God said it. The good shepherd will lay down his life for the sheep. That amazes me. Through him. Through him. He says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. And he calls his own by name. God has a name for each one of us. And he will call us by that name. See, the shepherd provides and he protects the flock. The sheep are helpless without the shepherd. David continues in Psalm 23, says, I shall not be in want, indicating here the confidence that as a lamb of God in God's care, he will lack nothing. Now, if I stood here and I wrote every one of you a check for a, a million dollars, let's say I could. Man, you, you, you might think you've got everything you need. I'm set, man. But we've got something greater than a million dollar check, folks. We've got a God that David said that in him we would lack nothing. You know, don't live too blessed because there's some that just can't handle that. You know, I'm not talking about the prosperity message. 
I'm talking about living blessed. I'm talking about trusting God. I'm talking about understanding that if he is my shepherd, I will not lack. That's living blessed. You know, everything material will, will follow suit. But when we understand God's word, and hopefully he will open our eyes even further when we get into the meat of greener pastures. Psalm 34 clearly indicates David's understanding of putting God and his ways first in his life. Verse 9 says, Fear the Lord, you his holy people. For those who fear him lack nothing. There it is again. He didn't say I would shower down on you blessings and cars and houses. And He said you will lack nothing. Now what's that mean? It means just what it says. We don't have to spiritualize it. We will lack nothing. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Twice. Twice in verse 9 of Psalm 34, he says there is no lacking. And over in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. It is not, it is, it is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Akuna Matata. I mean, he saw the Lion King. Basically, he says, don't worry. Don't worry. I preached a word on worry about three weeks ago. And I used the song, don't worry, be happy. It's hard to be happy when you're worrying. But you know what? When you understand that as God's sheep, you will lack nothing. There's nothing to worry about. We just have to get that into our spirit. And verse 2 of Psalm 23 brings us to the heart of the message this morning. David wrote, He makes me to lie down in green pastures, and he leads me by quiet waters. Green pastures and quiet waters indicate blessed abundance. Well, it does. Blessed abundance. Green pastures and quiet waters. Now, Romans, we know Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, to not be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by what? The renewing of our minds. And if you look in the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, transformed means a better, more promising situation. Now, when I made the comment green pastures, I want you to compare what image you had in your mind with what you're going to see on this video. Because you will be amazed, as I said in the beginning, isn't it amazing how God sees things so much differently than we do? 
And we think we see it all. Let's go ahead and play that video. You don't have to raise your hands. But it isn't, here again, the amazing wisdom of God. You may think you're in a wilderness, but the moisture, the wind of the Holy Spirit is with you, feeding you, leading you to green pastures. Now, in the video, you saw the terrain. You know, from, from the shot where the sheep were on the hill, you can't see a speck of green. So how can that be green pastures? Well, you've got to look deeper. And that's what God says. If you want to know me, dig deeper. And I will show you priceless nuggets. Things that for the rest of your life, you'll lack nothing. Not in belly deep alfalfa, but many times when we feel like we're in a wilderness. Why trust God? Because like sheep, we'll wander. See, it's, it's in our nature to wander when we are not focusing on the shepherd. And when we wander, we sin. Pure and simple. And sin brings what? Death. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus. And just as natural sheep... For us, staying close to the shepherd is a matter of life and death. See, our shepherd is alert. Our shepherd is diligent, and he is steadfast. Our shepherd leads to ensure that there is sufficiency in our lives and that we will lack nothing. Now, in Scripture... In Psalm 121, David wrote, I lift up my eyes to the mountain. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel, Israel excuse me, will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going, both now and forever. If you don't hear anything else I say today, hear this. This is not just a bunch of promises that somebody wrote down. This is what God says I will do for you. Trust me. I want to point out all of the watchovers in here. 
They all directly, okay, I don't know if you can see them. They're in bold, okay? He says, I wish I had my laser pointer, but I don't. He who watches over who? Me, right? He who watches over, let's personalize this. He who watches over me will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over his people, Israel, his people, Christians, will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over who? Me. The Lord is my shade at my right hand. The sun will not harm who? Me. And who will keep me from all harm? The Lord. He will watch over my life. The Lord will watch over my coming and my going. Now, here again, if that million do- with that million-dollar check, if I shared all of those promises with you and said, I'm going to watch over you, and I'm going to take care of you, and you won't have another worry in the world, you know what? We have more tendency to put trust in that than in God's promises. See, the Scriptures say, Cursed is the man that trusts in man and makes flesh his arm. We can trust one another, but not but but we are not repaid for that trust like God will repay us. Uh, you know, we talked about worry. Okay, now in this scripture, not that one, go back to the other one. Now, he says he'll watch over us two times. He says he'll watch over our lives one time, and he says he'll watch over our coming and our going one time. That's five times in one scripture that God says, I will, I will, I will watch over you. One verse. 66 books in the Bible. Oh, it's in other places, but five times in just that one verse. See, because trusting the shepherd is imperative. There are sheep that don't yet know the shepherd, but there are many sheep who do, but haven't stepped out to exercise that which God says if we don't have, It's impossible to please him, and that is faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. And without faith, it's impossible to trust him. So, to trust him, if trusting him requires faith, what are we waiting on? We're never going to get a better promise than what Psalm 121 tells us or John 3.16 or the hundreds or thousands of other promises that God has put in his word. And 
if we haven't stepped out in that faith, if we haven't exercised faith to trust him in an area, then we wander in fear and in pastures of fret and of worry. And as he said in the video, worry is dealing with tomorrow's problems in today's pasture. Let me ask you something. Which one of us in here, in this room, can control our next breath? Or our next heartbeat? You know, can fear and anxiety and worry add one more breath or one more heartbeat to our lives? No. No. Even the secular world recognizes that these, in fact, have been proven that in chronic proportions that stress, anxiety, and worry cut lives short. See, God created our bodies with these involuntary functions and we can learn a valuable lesson from them. We don't walk around worrying, when's our, what's, you know, are we going to get another breath? Is there going to be another heartbeat? I mean, it's business as usual. We don't give it a thought. So, whether we acknowledge it or not, whether we are a sinner or a saint, our next breath and our next heartbeat comes from God. You know what the amazing part about that is? As I said, we don't sit around worrying about where that next breath or heartbeat will come from. And for the most part, as I said, it's business as usual. It is in applying this same level of trust in the everyday things that are part of our lives that David is talking about in the 23rd Psalm. We are aware of them. I'm aware of my next breath and my next heartbeat, but I give it no thought, very little thought, if any thought, above dealing with the situations and circumstances as God would have us to. Trusting the shepherd to provide in everything and in every situation. None of us are there yet. But are you trying? Are you giving it your best? Are you taking everything that God has given you and giving it back to him? See, when you make the Lord your shepherd, you shall not want and he will make you to lie down in green pastures. These may be the most important five words in the entire Bible when it comes to God's provision for you and for me. The Lord is my shepherd, David wrote. And in John chapter 10, verse 27, Jesus said, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them 
and they know me. Watch this video. And steadfast. Our shepherd leads, protects, and provides for our very lives. Our shepherd is called the good shepherd for a reason. Our good shepherd is well aware that green pastures are not everything that we need for the rest of our lives. Wisdom and understanding are defined in Scripture in Proverbs chapter 9. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. And Proverbs 4 says, Get wisdom. Though it costs all you have, get understanding. See, from King David's writings, is there any question that he understood what green pastures were all about and what the Lord being his shepherd was all about? He understood, and the scriptures say that he was a man after God's own heart. Because when we understand green pastures from God's perspective, it takes on a whole different meaning, a whole different meaning. So the next time you're looking around and it seems like you're in that wilderness, remember, God will lead you into green pastures. Now, there may be a little bit of green here and a little bit of green here and a little bit of green here, but most of it is rocky terrain. But what did he say? He said, you will not lack in all that you need, the good shepherd will provide. I lack nothing, and he makes me to lie down in green pastures. What other convincing does one need? And the good shepherd goes on to say that he leads us behind beside quiet waters. He refreshes our soul and guides me along right paths. And he says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, that he is with me and that his rod and his staff will comfort me. And when he prepares a table in the presence of our evildoers, and abundantly anoints us, we are assured that his goodness, his love, and mercy, and blessing will sustain us throughout our entire life. What did Jesus tell Peter three times? Feed my sheep. He's called the great shepherd. He said, Peter, do you love me? Yes, I love you. Then he said, feed my sheep. Some of you today may feel like you're in a wilderness. And if you feel that way, I trust this word has encouraged you. If you need prayer, we're more than willing, your elders or myself, we're willing to pray with you this morning. But I'm going to tell you, 
don't leave this place if you have a need. Because our God can meet it. He's more than enough. And when we walk out that door, he's promised us that we will lack nothing. Nothing. Do you believe it? Amen. Amen. Take this part of God's word and trust him. Trust him. So that when you're in the hillside, you see the green pastures. I want to thank you for allowing us to come and share this word with you. May it encourage your hearts. And may God, through the power of his Holy Spirit, show you more things to come as he leads you into green pastures. Let's all pray together. Let's stand. Father God, I want to thank you this morning, Father, for just your amazing providence. Father, we know that your word tells us that our ways are not your ways and our thoughts are not your thoughts. But Father, through the message today that we would see more clearly that when you make us to lie down in green pastures and you lead us beside quiet waters, that all that we need, the Good Shepherd is providing. In addition to watching over us, to keeping us from peril, Father, I pray that each one of your sheep in this fold, Father, would anxiously always desire to hear your voice and respond. Father, that you would keep them from wandering. Father, you've told us in Psalm 21 that the Son would not smite us. Lord, that you would protect us in all areas. I challenge everyone in this building today, including myself, to reach out in faith and trust you in areas that maybe we haven't trusted before, and you know what those areas are, and so do we. But Father, through your Holy Spirit, you would reveal to us how you want to take us deeper, how you want us to search and dig a little deeper so that we receive from the Good Shepherd. May your peace be upon your people and the power of the Holy Spirit that indwells them, go with them from this place. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. God bless you.